Being young isn't always easy, especially if you don't really relate to your peers. Facing complex emotional situations when you're barely learning how to control your emotions for the first time can be hard. And it doesn't get any easier when you're in a situation that feels like you can't escape. As kids, most of us make at least one brash decision in our lives. But sometimes, those decisions have very severe consequences. Some kids make a decision and never get to go home. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1952 disappearance of 10-year-old Connie Smith, a young woman who walked away from her summer camp and was never seen again. Growing up has its challenges, and depending on how you grow up and what you have access to, your peers can make life a lot harder. Connie was 10 years old when she went to Camp Sloan in Connecticut to enjoy a summer of fun and learning. And while this camp no doubt had plenty to offer, the kind of lessons that Connie was learning weren't exactly on the camper curriculum. She was learning some of those harder lessons that people learn when they have really crappy peers. At least it seems that's how she spent her final days. Three days before her disappearance, Connie was visited at the camp by her mother for her 10th birthday. At that point in time, Connie was so happy with her time at camp, she actually asked her mom if she could extend her stay to spend more time soaking up the fun. Even though it was her birthday, her mother declined. And at some point shortly after, it appears that something went wrong. The news articles on this case are, well, I want to say influenced by what was the appropriate way to report at the time. I've noticed some language that kind of dances around what we would now simply call probably bullying, assault, and harassment. Reports would state that Connie ran into some trouble with a few of the other girls. Being more of a rancher girl, some speculate that Connie was having trouble fitting in with her city peers. I don't know if I believe that, though. Obviously, we know that she was enjoying herself, but then something changed. It seems odd that her being more of a girl from a ranch would suddenly become a problem, but I, I don't know. Kids are weird. What I do know is that on July 15th, two days after her mother visited, Connie's glasses were broken somehow. Now, Connie was incredibly nearsighted, and this will be more important later for some obvious reasons. And as someone who didn't know that trees still had leaves when you were standing more than a few feet away from them until I got LASIK, I really feel for her. I don't know what her actual prescription was, but I know they said it was pretty significant, so I'm assuming that it was somewhere between where I was, you know, incapable of legally driving without corrective lenses, but still able to see a fairly valid interpretation of the world, and like, a Valma Dinkley situation. 
In addition to breaking her glasses, she reportedly had a bruised hip that was attributed to her falling out of bed. But some say that this was all part one of the problem. It isn't said how she broke her glasses, but I've got a pretty good idea based on what happened the following morning. The morning that she disappeared, Connie had a, what I will call, interaction with a few other female campers. Some articles described it as an altercation. Others described it as horseplay. But at some point, Connie ended up with a bloody nose, and she was not happy. And I'm sure we can all assume that something fairly unpleasant happened because Connie decided that she was officially done at camp. She told her tentmates that she was going to return an ice pack that she had, but she left the ice pack on her bed and went in the opposite direction of the camp nurse. And she didn't stop there. She walked all the way to the entrance of the camp. But she didn't stop there either. Connie would travel miles on foot. Well, close to a couple of miles, but a fact which countless witnesses could attest to with the plan to leave her camp behind. Now, the running theory is that Connie had decided to return home early and that's where she was heading. I will say that I have no idea how she expected to get from Connecticut back to Wyoming on foot, but I will say that she does seem to have come from a fairly wealthy background and had clearly set her sights on the closest town, which was Lakeville. So it's possible that she could or thought she could just call her parents and someone would come get her. She was only 10, right? Of course, it's possible that she had the plan to make her own way back, too, not realizing how far it was. Several witnesses reported seeing her attempting to hitchhike off the local highways. Connie actually has a very strong record of her travels up into her disappearance. She was spotted by several witnesses at different locations along her path, and she even stopped to ask a local woman how to get to Lakeville. The woman didn't think anything of it because apparently it was actually quite common for young girls from the camp to walk through and ask her that question. Of course, I have to assume that most of the girls are not runaways, but rather young girls just trying to slip off to the closest town for a thrill. That is like a total assumption, though. I have no idea. After more time spent walking, she found herself lost and decided to ask two maids for directions. Like the other witness, they offered her some directions. She made her way along and was spotted by the side of Route 44. After this, Connie just vanished. Obviously, Connie's disappearance was a huge deal. People were trying to help standing in for searches and trying to tell police what they saw. Police explored the obvious options. They feared that she might have been kidnapped for ransom, as was becoming more common, but no letters or calls ever came. Police wondered if she might have gotten lost along the way and would turn up eventually, but she never did. 
They never found any evidence of her disappearance, even though they posted signs and walked through the surrounding areas. Suspects were explored, but they never found anything concrete that would explain her disappearance. Connie is just as likely to have ended up hurt somewhere along her journey as she was to have been picked up by a stranger for all we know. But I have to say that my money is on the theory that someone made her disappear. Connie was a young girl walking alone and looking for someone to help her and take her home. And that is a very dangerous position for a young girl to be in. It is a dangerous position for anyone to be in, but for a kid, it's that much worse. At only 10 years old, Connie might not have been able to tell if someone who was picking her up had dangerous plans. And unfortunately, it sounds very likely that someone did pick her up along the road or found her because that is where she was last seen and she was clearly trying to get a ride. Past that, there were no signs of Connie. People saw her, but nothing could lead police to where she was. Theories surrounding her disappearance range from a local killer carnival worker, who, yes, did exist, all the way to a serial killer who might or might not have been in the area at the time. No one's really sure. Unfortunately for Connie, anyone could be a suspect. 1952 was a very different time, and it's hard to imagine a world where a young girl might be walking around trying to hitchhike and not end up getting scooped up by local police, but things weren't supposed to be all that dangerous back then, and it's not like everybody had cell phones to make these calls, right? Connie could have been safe. Someone could have intervened, but no one knew that anything was wrong until it was too late. I have to say, I wonder if the girl she fought with ever think about her and the role that they might have played in her disappearance. I'm not saying that it's their fault, but I will say that I think I would have a pretty rough time sleeping after that. This case definitely comes with a good reminder that treating people with kindness is almost always the right choice. So, if you want to discuss my favorite camp tropes that I never got to experience because I never actually went to camp, why the movie It Takes Two is the greatest film of all time, or the long-lasting impacts of bullying on children and adults, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.